at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Welcome to Down Ballot, uh, Councilman. Read us in. 
Oh, I'm so excited. Tonight is the night. It's the night that we find out whether Gavin Newsom has survived the wacky recall and if Larry Elder is our new governor or if, like rational people, we all voted fucking no. Greetings, everyone. This is Down Ballot. We do this every Friday night uh, starting right around 7.30 p.m. I'm sorry, every Tuesday night starting right around 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. I stream just... I stream fucking six days a week, so I forget what fucking day I'm doing these shows all the time, too. I'll <laughs> start a show. I'm like, welcome to the intellectual Dollar Tree. We do this show. Sometimes. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just extend the W out until I remember what fucking day it is. Right. Should take a little bong load in the middle. Um, yeah, but I, uh, I've also been, uh, unfortunately, absent in the last two weeks so that's probably why i'd forgotten uh, that we'd moved to tuesdays anyway great to be back with you producer dave as always uh, great to see everyone in the chat uh, if you're not familiar with the chat it's just fa fabulous go to um twitch.tv slash echoplex media i believe to check us out live um go to echoplexmedia.com and you'll find all of our information uh, you can give to our pa your patreon you can help support this amazing network with uh, your show bucks and uh you can connect with us on the discord uh producer dave the discord link is discord.me slash echoplex that is correct thank you very much um so i'm glad i remembered all of that because uh, i've already started a cocktail this evening um so uh, we're really looking forward to getting into those results they're going to post around 8 p.m live um so we'll, we'll click over to that as uh, and give you an update as soon as we can we don't have steve kornacki at the big board so we're just gonna have to do it ourselves um but producer dave how are you sir where can people find you uh, people can find me on Twitter. Um, just uh, my Twitter name is weird. Uh, you know what? Though? You can just hit bang Twitter in our chat. Even when we're not live, if you want to know what all our Twitters are, you just go exclamation point Twitter. Oh, look at that. Boom. Look at that. And uh, you can find me at T-H-E underscore councilman on Twitter if you're looking for love or just some real snarky commentary. And um, <clears throat> yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. You can ask the chat about our swag shop. That's uh, But you could also just go to echoplexmedia.com slash swag and get a link. Um, there's also a coupon code. If you get it through our website, you get a pretty hefty discount. We got a fucking funny shirt. It's like, it says not today, Satan. And on the back, it, it has a, the, uh, Deanna plus for governors, um, of Massachusetts, uh, fucking Twitter handle. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> I'm going to have to actually rock some, I'm really excited. I need to rock some gear, uh, right here on the, on the, the plex. Although I don't know if that's like a faux pas, like wearing the band's shirt to the band show. No, but, you can, you can wear Echoplex shirt. Um, I think you would, we just have one that says always out of focus, constantly on point, And it's the lowest price point one too, with just the logo on it. So that's, that's perfectly sweet. Taking it back to the OG motto, uh, <laughs> loving it. So we, we, it looks like you've written this doc docket in such a way that we may time it perfectly so that we get through all our stories here, uh, leading off through get your shit together right before we start getting some of the early announcements of uh, what the what the results yeah. are but that yeah. only happens if we get started so let's get started what do we have for leading off councilman well leading off this week i had no idea until i saw this on the news but apparently there's an airport in palo alto and uh they had an accident i'm not going to say the thing that i was just thinking <laughs> there's somebody who lives in palo somebody alto somebody pooped there's somebody someone pooped who lives in palo alto who i would be like hmm <laughs> anyway here it is there's a local news hit from uh NBC Bay NBC? Area. Yep. Now to a truly incredible scene on the peninsula. A pilot is counting his lucky stars after a crash landing this afternoon. NBC Bay Area's Marianne Favreau joins us. And Marianne, it's amazing the pilot walked away from this crash. 
Janelle, it really is unbelievable. Take a look at this. The pilot managed to avoid the water and land the plane on its belly on this marshy area. It's pretty miraculous. The pilot's okay given one wing of the plane was broken off when he clipped a power line. The FAA says the twin-engine Beechcraft Baron crashed after striking power lines northeast of Palo Alto Airport just before 2 this afternoon. The pilot was the only one on board. Palo Alto firefighters say he walked out on his own and was taken to a nearby hospital as a precaution. We talked with a pilot who frequently flies his single-engine plane out of the Palo Alto Airport. He says given the tough landing, he believes the pilot was experienced. I've heard of incidents around this airport that didn't turn out okay for everybody involved. So, I wonder what company K Kale Skagen's parents own. <laughs> Kale Skagen. Kale. I'm Kale. I'm from Palo Alto. That makes sense. <laughs> oh my that tr that tracks. <laughs> that tracks. I'm I'm Kale Salad. How's it going? I think it is very lucky that he did make it. Palo Alto Fire says a hazmat crew was called out because some fuel was leaking in the marshlands. And now the fire department and a private environmental company are working to come up with a plan to safely remove that fuel. And the National Transportation Safety Board is investigating the cause of the crash. But again, thankfully, the pilot is okay. Back to you. I think the cause of the crash is probably that the wing came off when he hit the power lines. That would more than likely be it. I mean, they got to do their investigation. You know, you got to dot all the I's, cross all the T's, find all the little uh, hairs underneath the, 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 the haystacks or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, good, good on this pilot. I mean, looks like, I mean, I don't know what the fuck I would do if I clipped a power line and wing of my plane flew off. Although if I was a trained pilot, I would hope I would have some semblance of understanding of something to try, right? Maybe it wouldn't work. <laughs> um, but we have, we have our own little mini, mini Captain Sully. So that's kind of cool. Um, and who knew there's a freaking airport in Palo Alto? Uh, the Bay Area actually has a lot of those little smaller airports kind of dusted around for like well, uh, for like small kind of personal planes. Oh, sure. Like Reed Hillview, which we've heard about in this show before, which has been used for uh, like the SJSU aviation department and, you know, uh, aviation clubs and shit. And then they occasionally crash into the parking lot at Eastridge Mall. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's got to be... There used to be like people used to hang out at the mall. And now there's really no reason to go to the mall, but I guess yeah, there is now. True. It, it, there is a transit hub there. So I guess people, they're trying to get people to go back to the mall again. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs when it comes to airports. So, um, cool. Uh, it was a new, hopefully, uh, folks are more aware of that now, uh, of the, the abundance of airports in our area. And so watch out for falling planes. Um, so that's leading off. We can move right on to winners and losers and producer Dave, this is a story starting us off here that I don't know if you've covered on the Sunday show. It seems like it's a natural fit, but it's also semi-local too. So cause it's happening right here in San Jose. Yeah. Um, Theranos, if anybody doesn't know this person, I don't even, Elizabeth Holmes basically defrauded Silicon Valley, just the whole thing. She just did a fraud on Silicon Valley claiming she was going to be able to do blood work on like a drop of blood with a machine that was like the size of four shoe boxes. Right. Pretty pretty much it yep and i forget she had somebody like fucking like henry kissinger or some shit some like former big name government official was on her board and yeah like i've watched a couple there's a really popular documentary on it that it's okay and i didn't like look it up again but there's like a smaller documentary done by like a like i think it's either a 
like I think a local outlet, not like one of the news outlets, but like a local, like a local documentarian who sure. had access during the whole thing and was in the Theranos building talking to people and their documentary on it is so good. I forget. I think it nice. might just be on YouTube. If people bother me on discord tomorrow, if they really want to know where it is, I can find it. Cause this is a fucking hell of a story. This is everything nice. that's wrong with the fuck Silicon Valley. I'm just glad this lady got busted. Well, uh, so she's going to through her court case now. Um, she's obviously pleading not guilty. I, you know, I had no idea I was defrauding all these people. <laughs> Which honestly, it's it's it is a difficult, you know, that you do if you do need smoking gun kind of evidence, you need you need physical evidence and uh, a lot sometimes more than just hearsay from other from you know people she victimized. Um, so it might be difficult for the government to prove the case, but they wouldn't have brought it up if they didn't have one. So uh, right now the defense is busy calling their witnesses, and as you mentioned, she has some very high profile friends. So we're going to hear about some of the witnesses that are being called to to come to her defense. Say where the fraud trial of Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes resumes today. The trial was delayed last Friday because of a juror's possible exposure to COVID-19. Today, the prosecution will call its first witness. Holmes faces... She's all COVID-19. I have a machine the size of a fucking <laughs> deck of cards that can test you for, for, with 100% accuracy. Check out my new startup. Uh, and if you test positive, it automatically injects you with Invermectin. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fucking Eric Weinstein is investing on behalf of Brad. It'll be great. <laughs> this is multiple counts of wire fraud and conspiracy. And joining us again this morning with some expert legal analysts, analysis, expert. Stanford University law professor, David Sklansky. Professor, thank you so much for being here. Good morning. Good morning to you. All right. Day two, the first full day of witness testimony. What can we expect? Well, Denise Yam, uh, Theranos' uh, controller, will be returning to the stand. She'll be followed by other government witnesses. The government will be trying to tell a story about Theranos, a story of a company that got into trouble because it couldn't meet its promises and dealt with that problem by lying to investors and to patients. And they'll be trying to show that Elizabeth Holmes, the founder and head of the company, was responsible for those lies because she maintained tight control over all the company's operations. We could also hear from a number of star witnesses in the trial. Former U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, former U.S. Secretary of Defense James Mattis, and former U.S. Secretary of Defense William Perry, also News Corps Executive Chairman Rupert Murdoch. That's just to name a few. Yo, those, those are the, the, her, the, way, the reason she fucked up is she, she conned those people. Right, right. That was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad idea. Surprised Henry Kissinger just didn't have her house bombed, honestly. Seriously, I mean, with his sterling reputation, I mean, <laughs> this is just a, a, <laughs> something he doesn't need, you know. So could you walk us through the defense strategy? Well, the defense made clear in their opening statement last week that they'll be trying to show that Elizabeth Holmes is guilty of nothing uh, other than trying hard, believing in her company. Um, and trying to make it operate. She wasn't lying. Um, she didn't know that the things that she was saying to investors and to potential patients were false, uh, the defense will say. All right, so speaking of Holmes, do you expect her to testify in this trial? It's not clear. The pretrial pleading suggested that she would, but the defense attorneys didn't say in their opening statement uh, last week whether she will or she won't. So that'll probably be a decision that they'll make uh, when it comes time for them to call their own witnesses later in the trial. All right. Thank you so much, Stanford University law professor David Sklansky. Thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure.
All right. See you next time. Uh, See you next time somebody defrauds the fucking uh, war criminals and tries to get away with it. Like that, that guy, that professor, that this is his like Mormon in glory, right? Like every time this story comes on for the next few, few weeks or months, he'll be, he'll be featured and then he'll go back to his leather bound books and you know, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but so, uh, we shall, we shall see what, what goes down here. Like I said, they need to, have, they really do need to have smoking guns as far as what she knew when she knew it and what she was saying to people about it. Right. Um, but if they can prove that, yeah, she knew that she was defrauding folks or that the, they weren't going to be able to deliver, then she going to be in deep shit. Um, but she's already paying the note through the nose for the legal fees anyway. So she'll probably be broke by the time this trial's over regardless. Uh, just real quick, Justin freaking thanks for the raid. If you're listening on the podcast, a raid is when someone finishes their stream and has the poor taste and poor judgment to dump all of their viewers onto our stream. Hi. So, uh, yeah, Hi podcast guys. listeners, check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash media <laughs> and shout out to Justin freaking fucking the troll patrol is a great show. Anyway, Please we're going to move it. on to our next story. It seems like Palo Alto, once they finished complaining about the uh, airplane that crashed, they're now going to argue about whether or not people should be able to eat outside in Palo Alto. Right. I mean, you think in Palo Alto, this wouldn't be such a controversial issue that everyone would like to close all the streets down and eat outside, but I guess not. It may be the end of the road for those street closures in downtown Palo Alto. What's become of the beloved perk of the pandemic has become a pain for some business owners. And a lot of people will be paying attention to what happens tomorrow. Here's NBC Bay Area's Marianne Favreau. One benefit of living in California is great fall weather. Tonight on California Avenue in Palo Alto, people enjoy dining outdoors, sitting at tables where cars used to drive. Getting outdoors is very pleasant. The street closure was implemented during the pandemic, but tomorrow the city council will decide whether or not to reopen this street and University Avenue to traffic on September 30th. Michael Campelongo co-owns two restaurants on California Avenue, Tehrun and Italico. He wants the street to remain close to cars, not just because of the ambiance, but also because of his customers' concerns about COVID. Especially now with, uh, unfortunately, the Delta variant or the Mu variant, there's also another fear about sitting indoor. I would say 90% of my customers are willing to sit outdoor. It's a much more appealing outdoor sitting. Tammy Johnston agrees, which is why she wants to have the streets remain closed to allow for more outdoor dining options. I would rather eat outdoors. Definitely. At the patio off University Avenue, owner Megan Kokab says she's invested more than $60,000 in this Ooh, swanky. dining area. But she says her businesses have taken a hit ever since University Avenue closed to cars because she says people head there instead. I just think that it's time to get back to normal. And by keeping the streets closed, while it's fun for the neighbors to ride their bikes and walk their dogs, it's really unfair to the retail that are located up and down University Avenue and to the restaurants on the side streets that are not given a big free area to put all their tiers and tables out and triple their occupancy. In Palo Alto, Marianne Favreau, NBC Bay Area News. I hated her at the end. She's like, all these people want to ride their bikes and walk their dogs, but what the fuck? This is America. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's, as we found from the story, it's pretty much uh, businesses versus businesses, right? This isn't so much neighbors versus neighbors. I think, um, from what I can tell, the majority of neighbors and residents would like to just keep the streets closed. Um, and yeah, the retailers can figure out something to, you know, how to do their shit. 
these restaurateurs have invested a lot of money, not just that one lady who has a real swanky spot, right? But even just if you're putting some tables out on the sidewalk, right? There's an investment of resources, time, safety, all these permits you got to get. So um, they've definitely done their homework and done their, you know, and paid their dues to have that extra space. If you really, if a retailer wants to do that, then I'm sure that they're more than uh, capable of going to the city and asking uh, for the same privileges. Um, and as far as the parking goes, like, give me a break. We're talking about, you know, street parking when you've got a garage over here and a parking lot over here. It's like, you know, park, park 20, 200 feet away from your, the place you're going, God forbid, and take a few steps. Chat did bring up that, uh, wheel people in wheelchairs probably actually hate this. Yes. Yes. Uh, but you can make accommodations. Right. And still have the street closed. (laughs) If this becomes more permanent or whatever, I'm sure that there there will be. But yeah, I could imagine like when it first started, people who are in a wheelchair probably like if they just need to get one one end of the street to the other, they like weren't sure where to go. Right, right. right. That's you know. That's, yeah, as long as it's as long as it's clear, you know where where to go, where to get, where to you you know maybe a safe, a safe drop spot to right, um, things like that. I think that's uh, certainly something to consider, and they need to they do need to uh, cities should be absolutely putting ADA compliance above everything else, but also just accessibility in a more general sense for everyone, right? Accessibility for all. Good point, Producer Dave. That's the chat. Usually, like, our best gags and our best points now are from the chat. It's true. That's another good reason. Uh, Hey, podcast listeners, we love you. We love that you download this. You should still download this and listen to it over and over and over again to the dulcet tones of me and Producer Dave. But, um, yeah, tune in live sometime. It's real fun, and uh, it'll really help, you know, the ratings and help us, you know, get some ads from, uh, you know, like Nike and Coca-Cola and whatnot. Also like not, the also not. like also like the communists <laughs> in my chat might just call you a shit lib for something you say. Which there is you really go. funny. There you go. Yeah, no, it's it's super fun. So come on over to the live show whenever you have a chance, Tuesdays at seven thirty. I'm the only shit lib this chat tolerates. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's speaking, going on with Japantown versus the unhoused? Speaking of shit libs, um so this is actually a very interesting situation um, where there's a, a, it'll be explained in the story, but you're, you're seeing some neighbors who you might not expect to be so uninclusive, um, sort of having that kind of mentality. Anyway, roll the, roll the clip. In San Francisco, a battle is brewing over a plan to turn a Japantown hotel into housing for the homeless. The neighbors are so upset that the city is now slowing down plans and reevaluating. NBC Barry's Chrissy Smith has more on this fight. In Japantown, neighbors say they're just starting to see tourists return after the pandemic. For much of the pandemic, the Kempton Buchanan Hotel in Japantown was used as emergency temporary housing for the homeless. Now the city is looking at buying the property and making it permanent supportive housing, and that has the neighborhood crying foul. Whether we like it or not, uh, uh, taking away uh, this hotel uh, with its potential to bring in visitors uh, will further destroy what fragile economy we have left in Japantown. Dean Ito Taylor is executive director with API Legal Outreach. We kind of resent the characterization that's been put out there that this is a Japantown versus the unhoused issue and it's much deeper than that. He says there are historic concerns too. The background here is a history of displacement, a history of tearing our community apart. Uh, So this is not an issue that is trying to pit one vulnerable community 
against another. The tension has gotten high enough that the city now says it's slowing the process down. I want to be really clear that I think that permanent supportive housing would be a benefit to uh, to to a neighborhood. Supervisor Dean Preston represents Japantown and wants to ensure that the community is heard. I would like to have as many as possible in the district, but it's also about being respectful of the fact that losing a tourist hotel in Japantown, one of two tourist hotels, um, will have an impact. And we need to engage honestly with the Japantown community and with the workers who could lose their jobs. He suggested to other possible locations as conversations continue. The city had proposed buying four properties, including one in another district, where the supervisor says neighbors seem to embrace the idea. Is an opportunity to really stabilize a population that might not otherwise have access to housing. Um, we're doing it all over San Francisco. In San Francisco, Christy Smith, NBC Bay Area News. So that last supervisor looks like he spins psychedelic trance at parties on the beach. I just want to be like really clear about like, I know that guy, he spins a certain kind of trance music at parties on the beach and then fucking like even gets rid of the cops when they show up because the cops are like, shit, your party's been gentrified. Sorry for bothering you. I think that's where he got his start in politics, actually, was doing that, uh, was spinning. But um, yeah, so this is uh, an interesting case. Like, I, I uh, it, it's interesting to me in that, um, especially recently, we've we talked, you know, we've focused quite a bit actually on the history, the shameful history of Japanese internment during World War II and the le- uh, legacy of that, and yet to see this kind of um, sort of nimbyism and uh, just blatant, like you know, we don't want this in our community from that very community it's it's a little disconcerting i think it's it's more of an old thing than anything else thing it's just old versus young um (laughs) what some other way to slice it i don't want to put it down under on racial or ethnic lines at all um it's more generational than anything else um and homeowners versus renters that kind of thing so it's it's sad and and it's sad to think that they're trying to say well this is a vibrant hotel if it was such a vibrant and useful hotel why was it being used during the pandemic to house unhoused people well, because people uh, weren't, well, I could leave the counterpoint there is that people weren't traveling as much and there wasn't as much tourism. True, and so hotels were, true. were empty. Good point. Um, this is, this they is were, a good point. They were talking about the, um, the lost jobs. I figure what if we gave the unhoused room service and turned down service and like just kept those jobs there? I don't know. Boom. I, that's, that's what I was thinking. I, the not? problem, the problem is who's going to pay for it. And, um, my answer is Twitter. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. why not no i mean that's that's really that's what salesforce it's why you pay business taxes right um i'm sure benioff would pay for it he's he's all down for for supportive housing apparently speaking speaking of benioff we're going to move on to get your shit together and it seems like where we shouldn't put anybody is the salesforce tower because it doesn't seem like the foundation is doing so great well at least the millennium tower which is sort of next door to salesforce tower but yes it's part of the same complex and it's been it's been tilting for a long time and they just can't seem to get it straightened out. Don't they have so, a famous building in France that tilts? Could that just be San Francisco's version of that? It's Italy. It, it, it definitely is. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Oh, that, um, that, is, that is Italy. Italy. I was wrong. But um, it, it's all good. It's the Mediterranean. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Tuscany. Um, yeah, so this uh, this is our very own Leaning Tower right here in San Francisco. Um, we've covered this on Down Ballot before, but um, they've been trying to stabilize this building that's lit that's listing um uh that people are living in still um but it's not really working and people are wondering why it's not working 
Francisco's building inspection department today requested Millennium Tower officials hit the brakes on the troubled fix to the luxury high rise and its sinking and tilting problem. The city wants to get to the bottom of why the fix was doing more harm than good. NBC Bay Area investigative reporter Jackson Vanderbecken first broke the story of the problems the fix was causing and has today's new developments. Millennium Tower officials just recently promised residents of the high-rise that work on the so-called fix to stop the tower from sinking further would resume soon. The work stopped last month after the building sank another inch since the fix project began in May. And the tower is now tilting 22 inches at the top, an indication the fix was making things worse. But the Homeowners Association says new data shows the sinking has now subsided and the contractor has a way to finish the project without causing any more damage. However, San Francisco's top building inspector is now asking Millennium to hold off on resuming the project to allow the city time to continue to review and provide feedback on an updated construction approach to ensure that the building remains safe for the occupants and compliant with the San Francisco Building Code. I think that's an appropriate thing to do. Veteran geotechnical engineer Dr. Robert know, with his camera. welcomes the first yeah, right? <laughs> It's like an alien. Given what's happened. They should never have be, begun this. Uh, it's not even real. It's not a real person. And the recent events have served to indicate that uh, they don't have a full understanding of what they're doing and it might well be time to terminate it. The city's not suggesting that. Its own review panel says the additional sinking doesn't raise a structural concern. The challenge remains, though, to find a way to sink dozens of steel supports down to bedrock without destabilizing the Millennium Towers Foundation any further. Jackson Vanderbecken, NBC, Bay Area News. Fucking knock it down. Yeah, I I don't understand why at this point you're just not settling with all of the tenants, right, and giving their money back or, you know, getting them out of there. It, it seems like a complete safety hazard. Um, they had the lady on, uh, we had, I think we did, we covered the clip maybe a few months ago where she, you know, put a marble or a, a pencil at one end of her apartment right on the, the, the hardwood floor and it rolled all the way to the other side of the, the apartment. Um, yeah settle get out of there take the damn place down however and you know if you have to rebuild it rebuild it it's just so so sad <laughs> it's such a such a freaking snafu so get your shit together in other words um so i am like avidly refreshing uh the secretary of state's website it has not posted the top line result yet so we can we have a little time if we want to run the next clip which yeah is we can thin. run we can run the next clip here no problem nice. So this is sort of pre the preview, the preview of uh, today's recall election and uh, sort of, you know, how folks are sort of looking towards the results, but also looking past the results, too. And it includes begin with just hours Ooh, yeah. left before we find out if Governor Gavin Newsom will get to keep his job. Good evening. I'm Elizabeth Cook. And I'm Ken Dacita. We have team coverage tonight on the night before Election Day. We begin with KPIX5's Betty Yu, who is live in San Francisco with the final pleas to voters from both sides today. Betty? Ken, even though Democrats outnumber Republicans in this state, they are not taking any chances. And the governor tonight urged Democrats to get out the vote in the final hours and not let up. Don't mess with California. Yeah. 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 Great governor. 
so great that he decided to recall him. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi spoke at Manny's in the mission to make sure voters defeat what she called an unreasonable and ridiculous recall. The sound of the bell meant a no on the recall for volunteers at the phone bank. I feel like Gavin has been doing an amazing job with the pandemic. Um, he's made it livable for my family to get through this with the extra help on health care and unemployment. Tonight, President Biden joined Governor Newsom in Long Beach. The decision you're about to make, isn't this going to have, this going to have a huge impact on California? It's going to reverberate around the nation. So Democrats, I'm asking you, knowing that you understand what's at stake. I'm asking you, nonetheless, to reconcile a fundamental fact. The future is not just something to experience. The future is something to manifest. Newsom has called his leading opponent, Republican Larry Elder, the far right of Donald Trump. Now, you know what you call a business owner who works nine to five? Bankrupt. And men and women who did just that lost their businesses because of the way Gavin Newsom shut down the state while, by the way, leaving his own winery open. Businessman John Cox staged his press conference in wine country. Where's the bear? Inside the French laundry. This recall is all. Wait a minute. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, we've got Mr. Wait. Newsom as the. Uh, Wait a minute. What's he doing at the French laundry? This guy's trolling, right? Oh, completely. He's using it as his backdrop. That's what he's, you know, he's, he's, the, the visual is, is uh, all he needs to say, right? Entitled, rich, good-looking governor who's failing miserably at providing a better quality of life for California. The former mayor but he's good-looking. Kevin Faulkner is nah. also running. If we don't make California more affordable, people are going to continue to vote with their feet. They're leaving our great state. Reality star turned politician Caitlyn Jenner says she's the moderate choice. I'm inclusive to all people when it comes to social issues. And I think that's really important. That's the way most Californians are. Oh, here we go. Republicans also went after Newsom for his mask and vaccine mandates. Ken. Betty, you reporting live. Thanks, Betty. Well, many voters have already mailed in their ballots, but many more are still planning to vote in person tomorrow. Andrea Nicano got the pulse of the voters in Walnut Creek this evening. Andrea? Ooh. Liz, on the eve of the recall election, many of the voters I spoke to tonight have one thing in common. They are ready for this recall to be over. <laughs> I think it is a continuing Republican embarrassment. It's estimated that 35% of the mail-in ballots have been returned and an overwhelming number of those have been by Democrats. Tonight, voters in Walnut Creek drove to the Civic Center to drop off their ballots. Their biggest gripe, the cost of the recall that's expected to be more than $250 million. I think it's a waste of money, honestly. I know people don't love Gavin. I'm not the biggest Gavin fan either, actually, but I think it's a waste of money and we should wait till the next election. With everything to be funded, education, health, homelessness. We're wasting all this money. Others, though, feel the recall could be worth every penny. We're excited. We need a change. Frankie Holmes from Walnut Creek has had enough of Governor Newsom's COVID policies. You can walk up and down this block and see why we need a change. It's closed businesses. It's not good. Um, I'd like to see her smile if I could. To be oh, you dumb fuck. Fuck you. But no matter of course he's in Walnut Creek. Are going to be glad when the recall finally ends. Well, I think everybody is sick and tired of the politicking. That's what they're sick and tired of. Let's get some work done. Let's work together. 
Let's come back yeah. together. We can have difference of opinion, but let's work together. It's time. It's way overdue. And if you haven't gotten your ballot in yet, there's still plenty of time here in Walnut Creek. Oh, well, not anymore. Sorry, guys. Will be open tomorrow, and then you have until 8 o'clock tomorrow night to get in your votes. Liz? Andrea, thank you. Well, KPIX 5 will have special coverage of the recall election beginning tomorrow night at 7. Updates on the returns. Well, they will. Through the evening on CBS. Yeah, they have, the, they have the really important music. Boo, do, do. So, uh, uh, there are, I don't know if we, uh, which, if you want to follow one of those links to one of the live reporting, but if you go to the, um, there you go, the official, this is the Secretary of State's website. This is where they are actually counting, you know, the official account is happening. So you just have to keep on clicking refresh. They've only posted about 36,000 ballots-ish right about now. And uh, Gavin is winning with 71% of that tranche of votes. But that's obviously a very, very, very small amount of the overall vote. So it'll start to trickle in. It's dependent on, for those of you who aren't familiar with this process, it's dependent on counties uh, to count their votes and then submit reports up to the state. And then the state publishes the results here. You can click on any county to see you know, their results. Um, Santa Clara County, I don't think has reported any results yet. So, uh, but yeah, it's, we'll, it's we'll... right. It's hard to figure out which counties are reporting, um, but the, There's a the, map. There should be a map function. Um, if you go on a quick, you go to quick maps. links, maps, yeah, exactly. And then just go to the recall question. That should bring up a map of the results. There you go. And then you can find out. Oh, that's Napa. That's not. Na it's, it's Napa. It's, it's the French Laundry. <laughs> it's the French Laundry vote that's coming in. <laughs> They're like, we actually like the French Laundry. Fuck you. Right. Fuck you. <laughs> we're really offended. Fuck you. We're rich as fuck and we have one of the most famous <laughs> restaurants in the world. Well, they, and we're they, glad that people come here even if it's bad optics. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, they said this is going to be an election about passion, right? And who is going to have the most fervent base. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe the French Laundry uh, contingent was the most fervent, even more so than the recall people. Um, okay, so we, we will obviously continue to check on this. Um, it's kind of anticlimactic at this point to either look at 36,000 votes or to look at that that spread. Um, but it looks like Napa County is coming in firmly in favor of no recall. Well, um, it, I, should, I don't... You see, the thing is, like... Like, it says that even in Napa County, it's like basically, if I'm reading this right, it's basically 0% is, is what they're saying is reporting. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. That's not 0%. There's not that many people in Napa County and only half of people ever fucking vote anyway. Right, right. But I, uh, I think we might have a, a clearer picture, kind of, of what's going on with the recall. Maybe by the end of local love, we may, be, we may be, I may be in a position to kind of have some idea of what's going on, right? Because we're, yeah, oh yeah, most most definitely. Like we're in this sort of interstitial space. Like I bet you, if we went over to the Santa Clara County website, uh, voter registration, it's a sccvote dot org. Um, they more than likely have posted county results there. Um, yeah, click here for more information or look for your results. They should have a big old results link on the goddamn front. I have no pages. idea how to navigate this fucking site. I know, right? Go uh, do a little back, do a little back. A little back um, button. A little back button. And then there should, is, is one, does one of those icons lead to election results? It says uh, candidates and measures, register to vote, vote by mail, get involved, elections. This one says elections. And then there... Uh, and then is there like, there's, oh, this is amazing. You can't just look at the results. No, nope, come no. on. Come on. Come on, Shannon Boucher. Register our voters. 
Got to make this. Got to make this more uh, intuitive. No wonder the the Secretary of State doesn't have our information because we haven't collected it. Ooh, ooh, they posted a little more. They posted what? They posted a, a bunch more ballots. There's now like almost a million ballots uh, in, and it's uh, so. If you go over to the state again, no, then, no, no. Oh, what's map. this? Oh, that's Glen County. Where's Shasta? Shasta is, I think, just north of that. I want to say Shasta one of those, is going to be like. Two. You can. I think you should. You be able to roll over and see. But I think it's one of those two above, above Glen. Yeah, Shasta's, this one's yes, but this is like, nobody lives there. Right, exactly. Um, if you go to the one down the far south, that's probably San Diego or include San Diego. So that's yeah. probably your most urban county that's coming yet, unless that's Santa Clara County there. Santa Clara's perhaps. right there. Oh, good. So maybe oh, shit. Some. Like, look at this fucking Got Santa Clara. It's 78 to fucking 21. There we go. So we're, we're leading the way. So that this looks good. It looks good for uh, for Gavin Newsom. Looks good for democracy. <laughs> or at least getting things done. It's um, just that the next regular election is so fucking close that this is right. I don't it's know. just it's pitifully stupid. And it's a, it's a waste of it's a waste of 250 million dollars that could be spent on so many other things. I I've, can't tell you, producer Dave, how many bills that my that I and my friends fought for. My oh, I can hear the good wife celebrating. Um, uh, <laughs> I think she's popping bottles. Uh, that my friends and I support that asked for you know far less than two hundred fifty million dollars to fund an entire program, right, for child care or uh, supporting uh, performing arts groups that are going out of business because of COVID, right? Like stuff that's good community shit. Um, that costs a hell of a lot less than $250 million. And here we are wasting that money on something that's obviously going to be, or looks like it's going to be a, a blowout um, of people saying, why the fuck did we do this in the first place? So, so everyone, just a reminder, participate. That's, uh, and this is great. We're, we're, we're throwing them a big fuck you. Um, so this, this is good to see so far. What do we have? We have, um, if I had to predict this, by the way, I'm going to predict 57 no. Like when when all said and done, I'm going to predict 57 no. Yeah, I think that's that's that might be pretty good. I I, I might be a pretty good bet. I think it's going to be close to 60. Um, just just based on what I saw from exit polling and uh, there were the, the numbers were just um pretty at least as far as exit polling mean people who voted today who would normally be your more conservative voters and even they were you know pro Biden pro mask up, you know, pro vaccine, um, on a, pr at a pretty large level. So around the 60% level. So I'm, I'm, I'm gaming like, yeah, I think 55 to 60% is probably a good bet, but that as anyone knows in a statewide race, that's a blowout, frankly, so, um, at least in California, the media winch and I did a meltdown Monday last night. We were talking a little bit about Shasta County. We were kind of talking about this phenomena that happens on the internet, especially probably in Facebook groups, right? Where if you're in a Facebook group with 200,000 people in it, that says, "Oh, recall Gavin Newsom." You think that a, you think that there's a ton of people out there that are going to vote yes on the recall because there's two hundred thousand people in this group. But right. that's a Facebook group full of people who are like minded who may not even live in fucking California. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we call it the Austin Bennett effect, where he thought because he had a big following on Facebook that he had a chance in like a local election where like nobody who followed him on Facebook lives. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but it's this idea that like you you know you get into a group of be it for chemtrails or you know QAnon or whatever and you see 80 100,000 people or whatever you think that the phenomenon is bigger than it is because we right. don't really 
we don't really think very well about numbers like 330 million, which is how many people are in the United States, right? Or what is it? 45 million people in California or whatever it is. I forget, but we don't think very well about numbers that big. We can think pretty well about numbers, you know, up to like a hundred thousand. We're, we're fairly good at that. Yes. But we don't, even though we know, like when we, if we do the math, we know the difference between a hundred thousand and 40 million, our brains just don't work that way. Right. We don't really think of the, like when we're thinking of a hundred thousand Californians, we don't think immediately what percentages of that, of that is that of four, uh, 40 million. I don't know how many people are in California. I think it's 40 million. It's between 30 and 40. I, th- I think uh, we'll, I haven't looked at the census, actually. We, we actually just had a count. So we, could, we should go over that and down ballot in the future. Census numbers. Um, we can talk about redistricting and other things like that, too. But uh, no, it's, it, I, I think um, in nation, nationwide, they certainly don't understand that factor, too, right? Like just how just many people live here right and how many uh and how many uh, how much we sway all these big numbers right like the joe biden margin of victory even obama's margins of victory right were pretty much driven by california like or hillary clinton's number like she won the popular vote right that was driven by california voting you know overwhelmingly in favor like three you know three or four million plus (laughs) uh to that to that side so we, we have the power to swing um uh major elections if it was more if it was based on just a popular vote Unfortunately, it's just not in the in the presidential election. Um, but yeah, there's just so many to win a statewide race here. It it takes so much money and so much media attention and so much um, infrastructure, right? That I it, this is really the only way that a Republican right now, at least, could win a statewide race is by you know uh, usurping control. Um, hey, San in a Mate- special election, San Mateo County, where a lot of them fucking tech tech millionaires live tech bras 80 20 yeah no I, no right yeah 80 20 no yeah no, it tends to be one of the more progressive voting at least counties um is san francisco in yet by any chance to just, no, be just north no. of them? Okay. um i do see san benito i don't know what's in san benito county that's just south of like gilroy so it's a uh, hollister it's it's very rural it's uh sam uh, hollister san juan batista um some some farm agricultural land down there right um so it tends to be a little more rural and you'd think that'd be more like trump country and as you can see very still still uh two to one just about in favor of uh no recall so that's also a very good sign um if we go down to let me see i've got, the, I've got it open here want to see if we can check out one county that would be a really good bellwether is orange county it's not in yet let's see if this is santa barbara county that's also a good one so santa barbara county if you go down the coast of california it's that first big one that's uh, towards the south that's red right yeah, i got it highlighted yeah there you go so um as you can see there um this is this tends to be a, also a fairly more conservative or moderate county right a moderate county and even there it's um the early returns are 67 percent, 68 percent in uh, no recall so these are all very good signs um and the the few yes counties are exactly where you'd expect kings county uh lassen county up north where very few people live <laughs> nevada county is kind of surprising to me up there that grass valley area because there's been mm. kind of well i mean i'm skewed because there's a uh fucking satire publication called the broad street beacon it's also they do the gish gallop and they make a lot of fun of the people up there so uh, maybe i have a skewed view of it because of like the humor i see about what's going on up there but sure. it's, it seems like uh 60 40 up in uh, nevada county but again we don't i don't know like 
you know, is 23,000 a lot of votes there? Probably not. It, it probably is. The, but the, the, the enclaves up there, I think, you know, they have some towns up there. I think a lot of it depends on if you actually have like some sort of organ, organized local government structure, frankly. I think that's the, the, the feeder for a lot of more progressive voting, frankly, and more sane voters. Um, it's when you get into that space where you're in county, you know, unincorporated areas and everyone's fending for themselves, right? Um, and everyone's on their own. That's where you see, I think, a lot of that more, that more uh, Shasta, um, uh, you know, uh, Willits kind of uh, attitude. L.A. County's already got one and a half million people voting no. Yeah, I know. L.A. County has something in the neighborhood of 10 million people or voters. I can't remember what the number was. Um, but yeah, it's it's easily... I wanted to, uh, Steve Kornacki, our good, <laughs> was saying it was something like 25% of the, of the vote of California is in LA County. And that's probably true. Um, I have embedded that information. So don't quote me and definitely don't quote anyone from cable news, but yeah, in the, um, I think it was either the late, I think it was the late seventies. There was a bill that everybody thought was going to pass, uh, basically banning gay people from teaching mm. and LA County rejected that bill or rejected that like ballot initiative by like a wider margin than anybody would have ever imagined. And it ended up being almost not quite a blowout, but it ended up being not as close as people thought it would be. There's like mm. a famous scene in the movie milk about it where they, like, yes. where they got the like, you know, 90% reporting in LA County and they couldn't fucking believe how many people came out to vote no on it. Right. Yeah. And, no, it was, it was, yeah. I do recall that. <clears throat> was that lady's name? Uh, that orange juice lady. Oh, Phyllis Schlafly or whatever, or uh, no, not a that was a different lady. Maybe Phyllis Schlafly oh. was the 2.0 version of that lady. Anita Bryant. Yeah. Yes. There you go, Anita Bryant. Thank you. Good call. Good memory. Um. Well, it's it's we're tracking pretty well. We're actually still statewide, still seventy two percent. So not not so shabby. But that also uh, is I think driven by some of these quote unquote urban counties um being quicker to report because they have better infrastructure but i'm um, like like trinity county is right next to shasta and i'm like seeing 54 you know 45 or 45 uh, yes i'm not seeing like okay lassen county is mu very much yes they would have to i mean these would have to be significantly you know more even so than like the trump percentages in these counties right like so for, for example last i mean last is off the charts right that's what 81 percent um but if you look at the voter registration numbers there i bet you would be in that neighborhood of republicans um so in order to win statewide they would have to win a significant amount of democratic votes um so you'd have to see counties even like uh progressive county or not progressive but more democratic or blue counties like santa clara county right you'd have to see a swing there and this looks like just as bad as trump got his ass whooped on election night uh last year in santa clara county 78 per, wow it's 78 percent no in santa clara county right now so we're trying we're trying to come up on you san mateo watch out you know what i'm gonna do during the break between these two shows i'm gonna pop up i'm gonna pop this map up in the corner of the fucking in the corner of my overlay so like during oh, there down, you go no i'm not gonna do that fuck that look, look. but 87 87 percent 88 percent in san francisco no so there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty i think that's pretty solid and that's with that's a good chunk of votes for san francisco that's two two votes so that's a pretty significant chunk of the the voter base in san francisco um well, I don't think they have they have more than four hundred thousand voters in San Francisco total. I mean, looking at L.A. County, I mean, unless something happens in L.A. County, I think it, it's fucking over. 
Like, yeah, I know. And then so just, like you were saying, so yeah. many goddamn people live in L.A. County. And he would, and if you look at like Fresno County, for example, like that's way too, it, it's no, right? Like it needs to be, yes, at least over 50 and it's Fresno County is going 53%, 54%. No, that's a bad, bad sign. Merced County, another rural county is. And yeah, know, we're, and uh, these green ones, no. these green ones, like this Trinity County, which is right next to Shasta, I would not have thought it would have been this close based on what I know about the area up there. Yeah, that's uh, way too. I mean, it's, it's it's a small number of votes still, but still, it's it's way too close for that. Even for any any subset of Trinity County, <laughs> that's that's way too close. Right. Um, People were asking about Solano. They think Solano might be the Bay Area outlier that goes yes. You know, well, they've been the Bay Area outlier on so many things, including like masking up and vaccinations and just all sorts of. They're they're the, they've lagged behind in every every metric so and of course they've they're lagging behind in reporting since they haven't reported their, <laughs> their votes yet. kern county is another good one yeah because there's a lot of old hippies up there and a lot of uh, kind of trumpers up in kern county so that one might be real close too yeah correct correct yeah um but yeah no, this this is looking very very good for for gavin newsom to maintain his uh his job and not get fired um so, I, i'm just wondering like on the on like line two I'm just wondering if Larry Elder's even going to come in first. Can we check on line two? Oh, something? you can actually, you can absolutely check on line two. Um, I think hit the back from home. this or something. Yeah, results home. Second question. There you go. Okay, absolutely check. And oh, by the way, the 8.2% reporting, like just don't bother. Don't, anyone, everyone out there, it's it's not really a very indicative number. Um, it doesn't really tell you a whole lot about how many votes are, are still out there, right? Makes you think, oh, 8.2% of the votes were counted. No, it just means 8.2% of the precincts throughout the state have reported their votes. Have reported some votes, right? Right, exactly. Like they could have reported one uh, vote, right? Um, So don't pay attention to that. Just look at um, what should, what registrars and what the Secretary of State should focus on is the number of ballots that were mailed to everyone or the number of ballots that were out there, right? Live ballots given to legit voters and how many have been returned yet, right? And so that's it looks like percentage. looks like on question two, Larry Elder's walking away with it. Yeah, it definitely did. That, and that was that was what the polling said um, was that he was far and away the the first choice. I one that's a, a, just a sign that of something we know. When I say we, I mean like uh, campaign whatever professionals, experienced campaign professionals um, know about uh, elections is that uh, Republicans and conservatives tend to consolidate really well, right? So if they, they will pick a winner and they, they know that they all need to get behind that winner in a crowded field like this in order for them to have any chance. Um, Democrats do not do so well at that. Um, and the big tent of, of us libs doesn't do all that well because we all have, you know, our passions and our values and, and we stick and we, we really like to um, stick to them. Right. Um, and that's totally understandable. And, fine and fantastic but it causes problems in Yo, crowded fields orange county there's not a lot of votes in but uh orange county but, is fucking 58 41 yeah but, so but orange county the thing is during the last election cycle orange county went the other went went the other way orange county went blue yeah but not but not even by that much they went by i think it was 54 55 so this is this is very very bad news for the yes on recall folks because they would need to flip that right at least and it's gone even more so to the no so that's yeah riverside's like 55 45 these are all again these are all preliminary results and it's going to be all heavily weighted to mail-in ballots that are going to tend to favor democrats but the flip side of that is the very end the people who voted in person 
that's also going to tend to favor the Democrats. Like at the beginning, it's going to favor the Democrats. In the middle, the people that voted during the middle of the day is probably going to favor the Republicans. And the late ballots from the cities where people might have had to stand in line for whatever reason, that's going to favor the Democrats again. Correct. And that's sort of how we saw it with the national vote last November, right? You saw this big, you know, up front, you know, big wins for Biden and Trump, Trump sneaking back in a little bit in a few places. And you're starting to worry, right? He got, he went ahead in, in Georgia or he was, a, he was ahead in the count at the time in Georgia um, and others in Arizona. And then slowly but surely as those, you're right, as those late votes came, came in, um, Dem- uh, Biden pulled ahead in both of those states. And, and that was pretty much it. Uh, and Pennsylvania too. So, um, in this situation, I think what you're, you're going to see is what you mentioned earlier is sort of just a coming back to the mean a little bit, right? Regression to the mean. We're at what's the statewide number right now? Do you have, do you have that up right now? Statewide is uh, 69 to 30. Right. 69 so to 31. Already, so that's already started to come back a little bit, right? Even though we're, as we're getting more votes in, it's coming back a little bit from under, from over 70%. So I think you're probably right. I think you're, uh, uh, I think anywhere from 55 to 60% is probably a you know good window. Um, where this is going to end up what county do you think is going to go most heavily yes i'm thinking like based on what we're seeing here uh lassen i don't know much about it but shasta county might do shasta county is pretty red well especially where things are at there right now right and how how excited excited folks are right now there um but i mean i don't know lassen's at 82 percent right now although with you know not too many votes in but i don't know how many votes are there that's that's as far as percentage goes that's that might be tough to beat hey wait a minute but yeah, Lassen, uh, it's a hundred. Oh, a fucking hundred percent in. Are they? Oh, they're saying all, all, all the precincts have reported. That doesn't right, mean that well, they're all the way done, the, but it's may not be counted. Yeah, it's small enough. It's small enough. It's a small enough amount of people that that might be the fucking final results are pretty fucking close, right? It could be. Yeah, and and like I've uh, you know, t- 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 early vote trends do tend to hold. Frankly, like over the if you just let it all play out, right? The, the Lassen the is early, yes. By the way, yeah. Lassen is pro recall. People are saying yeah. that the right side broadcasting um, network channel is full of helicopium right now. <laughs> well, th- there was th- that's another thread that's come on just t- today is that um, so Larry Elder and the Republican Party anticipating their their defeat um, have already begun to cry foul and say that the uh, there's uh, just abundant fraud going on. <laughs> that's what saying. Rigged fraud, demon craps. Correct, and they're not going <laughs> to. And he's uh, Larry Elder has already said he's not going to. Be, basically, he's not going to accept the results of the election but before it's even been posted. In this case. I, I'm not. I'm. I don't know that much about it. But it's not even his place to concede. He wasn't the other candidate. Correct. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. He's the. As someone said earlier on the news, he is the Luther. So the Luther does not get to. You know, does not have to concede <laughs> anything. Um, it's just that's just how it is. <laughs> um, ooh, San Francisco still holding strong at eighty-eight percent. No, that's amazing. Alameda County, just our our neighbor here. Actually, Alameda County crushed it. Look at that, eighty five percent. No, that includes Oakland, um, and the East Bay. Uh, so very good. They're crushing both Santa Clara County and San Mateo County. Good for Alameda County. Placer County seems to be going. It's so close. Placer County is going to probably flip the other way. Um, Nevada but, County, Nevada County seems to have increased a little bit. It's like sixty yeah. forty now. Yeah, yeah, and but but still, even in Placer, I mean, even in a county like that, just fifty-fifty is a which is really bad sign for yes, right? Because you just need you need to win by such overwhelming margins in these rural, more conservative areas to overcome. Because he's just in the Bay Area, 
in LA County and San Diego County and the urban air, the urban areas. I hate the word urban. It's such a fucking trigger word. Um, you're basically saying like, you know, black people, um, but people of color. Um, so uh, people are morning, asking about LA County, LA County, 76 to 23. Um, but there's 10 million people there. They're fucking zero percent. And I mean, they, no, they, they sound not too bad. They've, uh, as far as, I don't know. I don't know why that number is zero percent. It might just be, but they might be lagging, right? Yeah, the number of votes is like they probably had what uh, about one point nine, almost two million votes in. So that's a pretty, pretty good chunk. So I'd say that's pretty indicative of where it's going. Where the up. fuck is Contra Costa County? Isn't it just that would be the one? Just oh, it's right above Alameda. Alameda. Yeah, so they they in Solano are in the only Bay Area counties that are not. Con- in, in San, Contra Costa San County's County. got like Walnut Creek in it. Walnut Creek is a bunch of shit libs. Oh, so. you know what? Re- refresh. They just they just came in. I just hit refresh and Contra Costa came in. And they are at seventy six percent. Oh yeah, Contra, no. like Contra, like say, like I don't like fucking, I don't like Contra Costa County that much, but there's enough shit libs there that they'll fucking, it'll be like seventy thirty there. And hey, Solano, seventy thirty, right on, right on the the button right now with a a good, pretty good chunk, about a hundred thousand votes in. So uh, yes, people in chat, uh, like one hundred ten thousand people in chat thought yeah. uh, Solano County might be the one that goes the other way, but again, like. Like yeah, this, this is, is looking like a slam dunk for no at this point. These these counties that aren't on the coast here that are red, even if they end up flipping Mendocino, no. yeah, seventy thirty. Right Mendocino, yeah, right. Those those the independent spirit of Mendocino County, but even they agree this is a waste of time and money. This silly recall. This is good. This is good stuff. I, I I'm proud of you, California. This is a, this is a very, it looks like, it looks early on like a very clear rejection of stupidity. And I, I yeah, dig that. The Daily Faded, uh, Gavin Newsom is a shit lib. That's why the place is full of shit libs are going to come out for him like 75, <laughs> 25. But I voted no. I voted no because this is stupid. Like if we, if, 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 if the recall went through, it would have been Larry Elder who thinks that like, he thinks all kind of things um, <laughs> and he yeah, says yeah, them. No, I, Yes, it, it's just it's it's scary, right? Like uh, like you heard the lady in the in the clip, frankly, right? Like I, I you know I don't I'm not really a big fan of Gavin. I've heard that from so many people. Even I've said that myself because there's some things he's done or uh, uh, that I'm not really super keen on either. Um, and sometimes I do think he's just a haircut. But at the end of the day, he's our haircut, and he's <laughs> and he has and he's not he he's he's you know he's doing his best with what he's got, and we have elections for a reason. You know, so if you want to want to run a run against him, run a real campaign next year and see if you can beat him in a real election. This this was just silly. So there's a lot of people out there like that. I think who just in any other time, maybe they would vote for someone else in like a Democratic primary right or a primary election, but they don't or they don't really feel the need to remove him at this you know this close to the end. All right, so what's uh, fucking that's down ballot? We kind of took a look at the uh, the recall election. Unless things change dramatically, it looks like I'm going to be wrong at 57. I don't think I'm going to be wrong by that much, but I'm going to no, be I wrong. Think, yeah, let it all come in. I think I think you I think you'll be pretty close. I think around 60 percent, or let's round up. Um, could could be maybe a little closer, but uh, it's you know, at, as things trickle in. Tends to come back Adam, to the Adam Rainstopper. See- Adam Rainstopper is our copium correspondent right now. Apparently, people are talking about flags and crying and shit. In somebody's chat. <laughs> oh my god. Well, um, I don't know if we want to do uh, another thing. If we have just a second for one more clip, yeah, or if we you do. Want to get ready for. Um, so, uh, 
we we like to focus on a nice human interest or animal interest story. This will be human interest um, uh, uh, for our last story every docket, and we definitely bag a uh, shit on the cop, a lot of shit on the cops, and that's because they deserve it. Um, but occasionally, um, a cop here or there will do something that's kind of cool, um, and it's not so bad to to, to celebrate that um, because occasionally a cop is a decent human being. So this is a clip of a cop who was a decent human being. Or an ad, or an ad about, or an ad about the cop who was. Wait, why God is NBC Bay Area giving me? An I ad? know, right? Well, this is their separate like video portal. It's not like their. It's not the news story. It's like their their video, whatever. Um, oh my God, this is like the this is the the Princess Bride. What's going on here. Um, so sorry about that. But anyway, this is what you have to get through to see a clip of a cop being a good person. I guess. The Daily Faded. Thanks for following the channel here. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Okay, here we go. Officer saved the life of a choking newborn. On Monday night, Mountain View police got a call about a one-month-old baby choking outside of the In-N-Out Burger on Rangstorf Avenue. Officer Daniel Garcia was on patrol. Feed your one-year-old In-N-Out Burger. He ran I know, right? Animal cell. Doing CPR until the baby started breathing again. Given the the size of the baby, um, I didn't want to do too part of a compression so i was using my thumb to do the compressions amazing when paramedics showed up the baby started breathing again they gave the baby oxygen and then took the baby to the hospital officer garcia says the baby is doing well good on him he's got some big thumbs yep <clears throat> so i am kind of up against it and i do want to watch some of the fucking copium happening over on rsbn before we start a local love so councilman you want to read us out Absolutely. Well, uh, producer Dave, thanks so much for another, another wonderful week of down ballot, including our live coverage of the the recall. We're so sad to see you go, but we're so glad for what comes next, which is just more amazing local derp that we want to deliver to you every Tuesday at seven thirty live and through the podcast. So thank you to the listener, thank you to uh, everyone in the chat, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing everyone again next week. Um, and if we're looking for uh, for tunes. You know, Audible Smoke is always one of my Right favorites. on. And uh, this song, Local, starts with someone laughing, and they're laughing at Larry Elder. Everybody in the chat, just stick around. I'm going to rock this song by uh, Audible Smoke, and we're going to come back with some copium over at Right Side Broadcasting before we get on over to the Local Love Show. Ooh. I'm just going to put the mood lighting on. I put the mood lighting on. Driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing We now get the fuck up on stage and rock the scene Yeah, we do what we want what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want. What we wanna do. And what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy.
headed out to the car to smoke another one, and another one. Now just when the magic starts kicking in, I hear we left playing, and you know it's time to head in. All right, everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink, spark it if you got it, and then pass it to me. Yeah, we do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We want what we want to do, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. Last up on the field for the show tonight. It's down me dirty and five, so we're headed outside. Just spark up another joint now. Who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course. Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the US economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of rockin' me Rockin' the rollie, all that sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do a sloppin' We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band So sit back and enjoy the band